So now the story of Christmas has a lot to do with stars. Because the wise men, they found Messiah to the stars. And at that time, people looked up to the stars and they observed the stars. And if a star is moving, they always asked the question, has a star something to tell me? Or has a star something to say about my future? For me, for example, I don't know how it's about you, but when I look at stars, I cannot read anything. I just see stars. I say nice or not nice. The only thing I can read is my smartphone, Instagram, Facebook, and they've given me a like. But in those times, they watched about the stars and they were able to read the future about the stars. And what I like about the story of Christmas, God spoke to the wise men, to the stars. God led the shepherd to angels, to Messiah, and God speak to you and me, to dreams, lightning bolts moment, to worship, to the message of the Bible, sometimes even to a dog. God has different ways to speak to you and me, and let's start with Job chapter 33, verse 14 and 16, and here the Bible is saying, for God doesn't speak now in one way, now another Though no one perceives it, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they slumber in their beds, he may speak in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. In other words, God is saying, he speaks to me all the time. But in those days, people were known to observe the stars and read the stars and study the stars. And God spoke to the wise men, to the stars, and led them to Bethlehem, to the birth of Jesus Christ. Let's go straight into the story of Christmas. And then I will teach you how God led the wise men to Bethlehem, how they were able to the stars to navigate and find the Messiah, a very unique way. Da kamen einige Sterndeuter aus einem Land im Osten nach Jerusalem und erkundigten sich, wo ist der neugeborene König der Juden? Wir haben seinen Stern aufgehen sehen und sind aus dem Osten hierher gekommen, um ihm die Ehre zu erweisen. Now often we think uh, the wise men for them was very easy to find Jesus Christ in Bethlehem, right? Was very easy. Because often people think, oh, simple, there were a star. And God is saying to them, there is a star, and the star will lead you, and you have to be stupid, and just follow the star. And when you're following the star for weeks and weeks and months and months, maybe 1,500 miles, then the star will stop, point the light on the house, and bam, there is the Messiah. How easy is that? That's how we read the Bible. That's how we think about the story of Christmas. Or we think God writes a letter and saying, hey, the Messiah will born in Bethlehem. 
And by the way, the name of the street is Hope Street Number One. It will be born on the 24th of December. Please don't be late. It will be born on six o'clock at night. This is how we read the Bible, how we think about the story of Christmas. But here is an amazing lesson to learn. Because to a star combination, the wise men, they saw in the stars, a king is born. And they knew somehow a king will be born one day in Jerusalem. And they saw it and they felt it. And by faith, they were walking to Jerusalem. When they came to Jerusalem, they were stuck they could not go backwards. They could not go frontwards. They were stuck because God never reveals you the whole vision. Hello, God will never reveal the whole vision. He gives you a dream, but God leads you step by step. And then you're stuck in a situation. God, where are you? And then God connects you with the right people. And they said, he will be born in Bethlehem. And they walked towards Bethlehem. But let's be honest, where in Bethlehem? While they were walking, God created an amazing star. And the star pointed on a house. And they were able to find Messiah. Here is a lesson to learn. God will never reveal the whole vision to you. All we support and we walk according our faith. And then we are reaching moment, we feel like stuck, we cannot go backwards, not frontwards, and we're asking God for the next step. And God connects you with the right people, you're walking again by faith, and then God leads you step by step. Can anybody relate with that? That's actually our life, and we hate it. And we read the story of Christmas like, oh, the star was falling and they're just wandering and were stupid and I found the way. No, it's step by step, stock, miracle, connecting, leading, guiding. That's the story of Christmas. Let's think for a moment. Why were the wise men able to find Messiah? Let's go into the stars. Let's go into a little bit like in a school lesson because I never heard it why they were able to find Messiah. Because in that days, they were looking at the stars, the wise men. And what they could see, for example, in the sign of Leo or like a lion, they always said, what you see in the lion picture, it's some, something royal. If a star moves into that sign, it's a royal thing. And the wise men, they were seeing actually three stars, and that's the main important thing right now. First is Jupiter. Jupiter is actually the king planet. And the second is Venus. It's a woman. And then Regulus stands for a king star. These three stars, they were very important for the birth of Jesus Christ. Jupiter, Venus, and Regulus. What happens, they looked at the stars, the three, the, the wise men, and they saw the falling things on heaven. Jupiter was moving towards Regulus. The Jupiter passes by by the king star Regulus, just very close, stops. And said, oh, I forgot something. Turn back for a second time. Whisper something to Regulus. Stopped again. 
and moved back to Regulus again. Moved three times when I see this say, oh, that's cool. I don't get it. But for the wise men, they were starting the stars. For them, it was a sign. Three times passing Regulus means the king and a king and a king. And for ages, there was a rumor going on one day, the Messiah will be born, a new king will be born in Jerusalem, in that area. And for them, they had no clue, will be a king be born, or has the king birthday, or has the king won the war? But they knew something unique is going to happen. That is all what they knew. They didn't saw the whole picture, just the one thing. And they moved 1,500 kilometers in faith that they will find the Messiah. That's how God spoke to these three guys. Now some people are saying to me, Pastor Leo, pause for a moment. No star can be standing still. A star is always moving. Why can a star stand still, walk back, stand still, go forward again? Something is wrong. For those that are asking this question, all of you, I created a clip who explains you everything, why a star can move and the same time can be still. Here is the reason. Let's do an experiment. Imagine sitting on a speeding blue Harley-Davidson driving on a circular motorway. Now you're overtaking a slow red Porsche on your right. In the very moment when you're overtaking the Porsche, you are looking to the right. Into which direction does the Porsche move in your view? Forwards? Backwards? To the side? Back and forth? Just think about it for a moment. If you're sitting in a train, still in the train station, and you're looking out of the window, you may think, oh, we're driving already. But it's not you driving, it's the train on the other side of the platform that is moving. Your train is still standing. We are viewing movement in relation to our own movement, and this applies to our solar system too. Now we are riding the Earth, and the red Porsche becomes Mars. So we are looking at Mars from Earth. The very moment when Earth is passing Mars, it appears for a moment as if Mars is moving backwards. Now both statements are correct. Yes, a planet can stop moving, because from our perspective from Earth, it appears that way. And at the same time, a planet obviously can't stop moving. Physically speaking, a planet is always moving. It's a no-brainer, right? Wow. Can I hear a wow? <laughs> people said this morning, I don't get it. It's just for those people that were super smart, like me and Björn. Uh, just kidding. Just for those that are asking this question. Here's the thing. They saw, they saw king, king, and king in the lion, and they knew a king should be born. And they walked to Jerusalem, and here's the thing, in Jerusalem they were stuck, because where will be the king be born? And they were stuck, and here is the next point, how God leads you if you are obedient in one way, God will lead you another way. Matthew chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, and here's the Bible verse, God is always co connecting you with the right people in the right moment, in the right season. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose and went ahead of them until they stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. 
And here are two different things. Nine months before, they saw king, king, king in the stars. But nine months later, the star of Bethlehem was born in a very, very unique way. And this is how it happens. I want to show you on an amazing screen. Here is Venus, stands for a woman. The Venus is moving towards Jupiter. And all of a sudden, they're colliding. It's like two donuts colliding. And all of a sudden, there was a super bright light. There was the brightest light in on heaven. And for those wise men, was a woman goes to the, to the king star. That means a woman will deceive a baby. For them, it was like a new king will be born. And this was the sign. We knew already the Messiah will be born. And in that moment, they followed the star and it stopped still and pointed on the house. And what I like about that story, God spoke to the wise men in their language. They were able to understand the stars. We will say, if God shows me, reels me, reels me some stars, I don't get anything. That's why God speaks to you to dreams, to lightning bolts moment, to worship, to the Bible, to a donkey, sometimes even to a dog. And God spoke to the shepherds, to angels. And what I like about the story of Christmas is the message, God never reveals the whole picture, only part by part, part by part, part by part. And he uses two things, we are obedience, what we see, what we believe, what we hear, and then God connects us with the right people for the next part, people, next part, people, next part, until you're reaching your destiny, your goals God has given to you. Here are two guys on the stage. They hear God also in a very unique way because God wants to be a part in your life. And God speaks to us all the time. Here's Dave and Simon, my son, on the stage. Let's give him a big hand. Two sharp and good-looking guys. And God spoke to you guys. God spoke to the, to the, to the wise men, to the stars, to the shepherds, angels. And God spoke to you to your emotions and feelings. And can you tell us how God and what God spoke straight in your hearts? Yeah, where we live, we have a neighbor that lives just above us in the house. And uh, when we moved in, we knew, people told us, well, he's not going to be around a lot. He's not really the connecting kind of type. Um, you're going to um, not, not really uh, going to see him a lot. And we really tried to connect. We didn't know how. Sometimes if you want to say hi, he's already gone. So that's that. And then we thought, how can we bring the love of God into his home, into his heart? And I prayed about it, and the Holy Spirit gave me like a, a little flash thought. He said, build an Advent calendar. You know what that is? It's like uh, you have these little doors that you open every day, first to uh, December 24th, and... Yeah, I went home. I thought that's a good idea because uh, you don't reject the gift normally. You just have to take it. So I went home to my family and said, let's do an Advent calendar for my neighbor, for Mr. Comp. And they were really, yeah, into it. Especially my youngest daughter that went up to her room and started wrapping all kinds of stuff that was lying around in her room. And until today, I still don't know what's in there, but it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's from the heart, right? And uh, then I gave this, 
this box of, of surprising uh, and gifts and stuff to my neighbor. And he was really moved and touched. And he even started to open up a little bit and tell me about his life. And uh, I was moved too because I realized that God used a little seed um, and I was, uh, I was obedient then. So uh, I really believe that it's going to change him because we also put in little Bible verses, smuggled in some ICFCD, and uh, I really believe that God's going to touch him for this. And he feels in this Christmas season, he's not alone. He's got people that care about him. Yeah. This summer I started the internship here at ICF, and that meant for me that I got my first pay. And I was very excited. And I asked God, hey God, how much should I give back to you? Because I knew for myself I don't want just to give the regular 10%, I wanted to give more. And then I heard his voice and he said, Simon, I want you to give 40% of your pay back to me. And I know that's a lot of money, but I was obedient and I I gave that amount and I committed it till the end of my internship to give every month 40%. And then the REACH offering came and I knew, okay, I couldn't skip the REACH offering even though I already spend a lot of, or I already donate a lot of money. And God said to myself, okay, Simon, I want you to look up your bank account. And I saw there were 1,000 Swiss francs and God, uh, God told me, yeah, you should give that to the church as well. And I mean, 1,000 Swiss francs, that's a lot of money, even for me. And I tried to convince myself, and in the end, I was obedient, and I gave the money away. And the reason why I've done it is because I want to learn the principle that it doesn't matter how much money I earn, God should always be first. And I want to be as generous in the same way as God is to me. What I like about these two stories, because I know these guys very well, if Dave is building an events calendar, it's a miracle. I mean, if God will not speak to you, you will not do it. Not at all. And you giving away 40% from the first pay, this is an amazing thing. What I like about that, God spoke to the wise men in stores. God spoke to the shepherd in terms of angels and God spoke to you to a lightning bolt moment and you just to feelings and emotions. And that's how God is. God will and wants to be a part in our life. Let's give those two guys a big, big hand. Thank you so much for sharing and be honest about the message. In closing, what I can learn or what I learned about the story of Christmas is just how cool God is. God always wants to be a part in our lives and just think for a moment when the wise men saw the stars, king, 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 and, and all of a sudden they saw a bright light and stopped by the house. We have such a fairy tale feelings about the Bible, but God will speak to you. About two years ago, I was also in, in the worship moment in, in our church, and God spoke to me and said to me, get ready. I said, what do you mean by get ready? I'm born already ready. What do you mean by get ready? When people are saying, are you ready? Say, I'm born already ready. Never ask me, be ready. I'm ready. I'm born ready. That's the right attitude to Swiss people. We are ready. So, what, do you, what do you mean by get ready? And I, and I heard that God is saying to me, be fit, do sport, and eat very healthy. 
And I had no clue why God is saying that to me, you know. And sometimes you hear something from God, it doesn't make sense at all. And I learned something from Mike Pilevacci. He said to us, the love language of God is obedience. The love language of God is obedience. Just be obedient and say, God, as I do it, I don't like to eat healthy because healthy means healthy. I like McDonald's and Burger Kings and just the healthy, not healthy stuff. Get ready. And now I get a lot of invitations all over the world. I'm flying crazy back and forth from continent to continent. And flying means often jet lag. And when you fly, when you travel, when you preach, sometimes six times on a Sunday, flying out the next morning, six o'clock away from another city, going to another city. It's like doing sport. And now when I came home, I'm looking back and say, God, now I know why you challenged me to get ready. Because traveling, preaching, teaching, flying, jet lag, leading a church, running a movement, have a family, have a wife, have two kids, have a small group, have a ministry, have a lot of things to do, means this is like sport. In the last two years, I was crazy doing sport in terms of ministry, and I'm surviving only because I eat healthy and doing sport. And that story is more like a... a like. Um, a testimony to you, when you hear God's voice, sometimes it doesn't make sense at all. The love language of God is obedience. I want to close with this Bible verse in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, and I love the Bible verse, because this is like the intention of God by, by the wise men, by the shepherds, by Simon, Dave, and myself. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel. That means God is with us. The story of Christmas, the reason why God spoke to me or speaks to me or to Dave, to Simon, to the wise men, to the shepherd boys, to you and me, the reason number one is God wants to be with you. Every moment and every day. And God promised he will bring the best out of you and me as long as we live. The story of the wise man is a story that God will lead you only apart. Your obedience, you walk, you stand still, you stop somehow. And then God reveals you the next part. You walk in faith, stock, spoke, speaking, stocking, moving. And that's the way how God leads you step by step until, until you promise land. God is with you. Martin Smith, we will, Smith, we will, uh, Martin Smith, easy name, will play the song Emmanuel. And I just want to ask you before you sing the song, two questions as a pastor. What have you heard God speaking to you this year? Is there any challenge God spoke to you? My question number one. Question number two. Have you been obedient? To what you heard. Hear one thing, it's one thing, but hearing and doing are two different things. Maybe some people right now you say, I heard God's voice, but I did nothing because it doesn't make sense for me at all. It's never too late to get up and say, God, I do what I heard you. And some other people, you heard God, you were obedient, but you were in Jerusalem. You feel like stuck in the situation. 
You cannot go backwards, you cannot go frontwards, you're stuck. And here is the message. In the right moment, God will connect you with the right people and you know the next step of your journey. Sometimes I wonder, when everything fails and fades away, what does remain? Why do we come to this place from near and far? Because at the end of the day, there's nothing else that remains. What would it look like to face the consequences of something so radical? What would it actually look like to follow Jesus? Friendships may fail, heroes may fail, eventually riches turn worthless. He stirs a thirst for truth, compassion and love. Nothing that this earth could ever quench. What is it that we can truly build our lives and hope on? There is one thing and one thing only when it's all said and done. He alone is our solid rock, our center and our foundation.